Hello, I am Jeremy Kingsbury. This is Way Too Twog's Bagpipe and History Podcast, the show where you come along with me as I explore the likely repertoire of 18th and early 19th century bagpipers. Let's listen to some tunes. I know I said that there wouldn't be an episode this week, uh, and I lied yet again. So uh, here we go. We're doing an episode. Uh, it's sort of funny. I wound up getting uh, three new books in one day uh, that I was very excited about. Uh, actually, might have a fourth one waiting for me downstairs at the mailbox. So I'm a little afraid to go down there and feel like I need to do something else. Um, I plan to just call this a mini episode. That's actually what the sound file is called. But I think I wound up recording... 14 tunes and two of them are kind of dubbed twice so i could do jaw harp with it so this is just a full-on episode um but i will call it a sneak peek because i think a couple of these tunes might get um are are probably going to get treated differently like i'm going to do some other stuff with them either make some sets or do a deep dive on the tune if i can find anything we did a little bit of a deep dive on um, the highland watch or the royal highlanders Uh, anyway the books that i got so two books i've already had uh, access to kind of digital copies online but i wanted to get the printed version so that's uh, patrick mcdonald's uh, highland airs country dances and reels we've played some tunes out of there um, but there's a reprinted version that's got some uh kind of tune titles and things like that that i wanted to have access to and it's just nice to have a paper copy of things uh, and then i also got a printed copy of neil gow and son's uh, dance music of scotland which i'm sure we've played some tunes out of as well but the first new to me uh track uh, or book is ian gelston's uh, new shields collection uh the new shields garland and it's so good uh it's it's a little weird because it's not really historic tunes but like it's very much in the vein of historic tunes ian is clearly kind of writing uh in an 18th century style for for a lot of these tunes and they're just too good not to play so uh we're gonna play a bunch of tunes from that too oh and then Lytton, uh the Lytton manuscript uh i'm definitely gonna do at least a whole episode on that i'm kind of waiting to hear back from arthur's vineyard museum about that collection but in the meantime if anybody is familiar with the Lytton manuscript and has photographs of it uh, I would love to see that, because all I have is ABC notation. Um, okay, so the tunes we're going to play. Out of Patrick McDonald, we're going to play um, Fisherman's Song for Attracting Seals, Sister of Loves, Cho Ryu. Not quite sure how to pronounce that, sorry. I need to get back to those Gaelic classes. Uh, what is this night and cold? Uh, then from Ian Gelston's, we're going to play Hot Pole, Shields Bar, St. Mary's Hornpipe, and Peg Whistle Barn. Uh, from Neil Gowan Sons, we're going to play the Highland Watch, or the 42nd Regiment of Royal Highlanders. Um, and then that tune sort of reminded me reminded me of the um, like the uh, 1798 Rebellion song, Wind That Shakes the Barley. So I kind of played my version of Wind That Shakes the Barley. And then O'Neill setting for the real Wind That Shakes the Barley, which turns out is from one of the Gows under the title Largo's Fairy Dance. So we play that too. Uh, And then from the Lytton Manuscript, we play The Woodford Ship. So, uh, yeah, as you can see, not a mini-episode at all. Uh, One of the big changes, though, is I mostly am playing on that that whistle. Uh, I do have a couple Highland Pipe tunes and um, Highland Pipe tunes and Border tunes, but there's no Inland Pipes this episode, so uh, there you have it. Um, Did I say my setting, too, for Auld Lang Syne and Wind Shakes the Barley? I'm not quite sure. 
Anyway, let's get started. What's the most sense to do this organization? I guess let's start with um, Patrick McDonald's collection. We are certainly going to talk more about Patrick McDonald's collection in general. So um, just going to play you some of these tunes. They're just awesome. It's one of the one of the. It's a really challenging. It's a really challenging tune collection, and it's one probably more than anything else that makes me feel. Like, oh, this is what people mean when they say you've got to speak Gaelic to understand this music. Uh, a lot of the stuff in Patrick McDonald, I mean, it's their songs, um, and they're just a little bit challenging, but I still think uh, they make some pretty lovely music. So let's start. This is basically the first page of the first page of the book. So uh, I think the first tune is Sister of Loves. So here it is. Yeah, definitely tune that I feel like I'm still missing something from, but good. Uh, let's do next, What Is This Night and Cold, again on that B-flat whistle. I'm going to jump forward a little bit in that collection to the Fisherman's Song for Attracting Seals. Uh, this one, there's a bunch of these short little um, kind of reels, just rants, whatever. Um, I'd really love to kind of stitch into a set or something. So definitely think we're going to revisit this tune. Uh, but anyway, here it is on Highland Pipes.
Yeah, still getting that new read sorted out. The, the only problem with the kind of B flat uh, Sutherland Channer read um, is it's just so easy to underblow. Clearly, um, yeah. <laughs> anyway, we'll figure it out. All right, let's do one last tune from Patrick McDonald. This is back to the first page, and then I looked it up. I think this is pronounced Kyo Re Ruo. Could be wrong about that. The R U O as the last phrase is what's thrown me for the biggest loop, but I, I'm pretty sure it's Kyo Re Ruo. Oh, good. that's a tongue twister. So here it is, back on whistle. So this next, uh, switching over to the Neil Gowan Sons repository here. Uh, apparently this is it's a facsimile edition from an undated one on kind of the online version of it. Uh, they've got the date 1817 associated with it, uh, so not 100% sure when it comes out, when it was originally published. But uh, anyway, this is the first page off of it. It's a, I think it's a slow stress pay. There's quite a few stress pays in here that are marked play very slow, and this is the first tune in the book and also says that. So it's called the Highland Watch, uh, and then it goes on to say, now the 42nd Regiment or the Royal Highlanders. So something, part of that tune really reminded me of uh, Wind That Shakes the Barley, um, kind of not the real version that you hear in our sessions in the States, but the um, 
kind of the song that's about the uh, 1798 Irish Rebellion. There's a poem written by Robert Dwyer Joyce, and I first heard it from the Clancy Brothers uh, singing it, one of those albums floating around. Uh, anyway, so I'm just going to play you kind of my memory of that tune as an air on whistle. Uh, it's interesting that, you know, Joyce would have written it as a poem well after uh, well after the Gao book is published. So I don't know, maybe this, uh, I can't quite figure out where that melody comes from, except its association with the song. Uh, maybe well, there's almost certainly... Uh, a better deep dive or more information about this tune but this is the the melody i'm thinking it's eerily familiar of or, or roughly similar to So I was really confused, you know, growing up listening to the Clancy Brothers, but not paying particularly close attention to the Irish session scene. Uh, first time people said, okay, we're going to play Wind That Shakes the Barley, and then they started playing not that tune. Um, anyway, so here is kind of O'Neill's setting for Wind That Shakes the Barley as a reel, which is kind of pretty close to how it's played uh, around the sessions here in Iowa City anyway. Well, roughly, anyway. I don't think I've ever played that ending before. Um, so I was looking at Wind, Shake, Wind That Shakes the Barley, trying to figure out when that was from. And it's just sort of interesting that this exploration began with the kind of Gao children and, and this Gao book. But supposedly that tune, that melody, uh, the oldest version of it is called uh, Largo's Fairy Dance uh, and is attributed to Nathaniel Gao. Um, but it shows up in collections in Scotland and in the borders as well. So I'm going to play you uh, Reverend Harrison's setting from Cumbria around 1817 here of Largo's Fairy Dance. can sort of hear that. Uh, this is me just kind of pulling at a thread that's already been laid out at Traditional Tune Archive, or maybe not even pulling, but following. Um, but yeah, interesting stuff. Kind of want to look at that collection a little bit more. Uh, I can only find the ABCs for it for now, the, um, the Reverend Harrison's uh, manuscript. But anyway, Let's, I'm going to get rid of, or get this Auld Lang Syne out of the way. So I've already done Auld Lang Syne. Uh, the frustrating thing is the version of Auld Lang Syne I played on the podcast was slightly worse than the version that I wound up posting as a video. Like I, I went back to it and I don't have a good recording of that um, with like the, 
you know, the microphone running. I just have a recording off my phone and I think I'm going to need a copy of that for um, a project that's coming up. So I decided to re-record it. So here it is. Uh, and I think that the read sounds a little bit better when I'm having to blow so hard in order to overblow. It's sort of challenging getting a new read set up to over, to be able to overblow like because it's still a little bit stiff, I've got to set the drone reads really wide open. So um, there's some adjustment there. So I'm using cane drones and I had to like just crank, you know, bend the heck out of them so they would stay open and not shut off uh, when I was squeezing up to the second octave and which was not a problem uh, with a very beat in uh, read. They would just stay going. But I think, you know, if there's a question as to why like hotshot pipers aren't doing this, um, I think that's why, you know, the the way that everybody sets their drones up when you overblow, they should turn off or when you just put a little bit more pressure than you need to, you know, they're, they're supposed to turn off, I guess. And uh, yeah, if you do that, I mean, it it's, makes for an awkward, makes for an awkward um drone sound if you pinch them off you know it's not going to seem like a thing that's worth exploring uh and actually i have a recording of myself doing old lang syne where i pinch all the way up to the high c and everything stayed fine on the high b's and the high c's my bass turned off so it's like dang it I had to do it uh, do it again so anyway here is old lang syne once again with that pinched note and i really do at this point i am much more comfortable with the drive the corner of your thumb thumbnail into the hole rather than um, what I was doing, which was kind of covering the bottom half of the hole, which is a lot harder to do consistently. interesting perhaps is um so when i go up to the high b and then there's that little high c chirp the the last time through that just sounds like a grace note but like i actually held that note um but if you don't put enough pressure in it won't go up there and regardless of what you're fingering it kind of matches the the pressure that you're you're squeezing which is uh something to keep in mind if you're experimenting experimenting with this on your own if you squeeze hard enough it will sound whichever note you're fingering um but it kind of reverts back to the high b and that's been the case with the border pipes too i remember asking um asking will woodson who made the read in the border pipe channel i'm playing right now uh if there was an alternate fingering i should be using to get up to the, the high C and high D and he said, no, it's not designed even to do the high B and you'd have to squeeze so stinking hard to get up to the high C. Uh, it would be next to impossible. Um, so anyway, you can do it with Highland pipes uh, with the right setup. But uh, like I said, the drone sort of becomes the problem. 
All right, speaking of border pipes, uh, let's move over to Ian Gelston's amazing new collection, uh, the new Shields Garland. Like, I'm just, I've absolutely loved kind of looking through here. We're going to hear some of these tunes later as well. It's sort of tricky, you know, most of the goal of this podcast is to play historic tunes. And, you know, Ian, uh, some of the tunes in here are from like the 1980s. Um, there's a couple of older ones, but it's, uh, it's a remarkable collection. He was hoping to kind of pull together all of the tunes that were from Shields, uh, kind of from his community there, and just didn't find nearly as many as he hoped to, and kind of wound up using all the tunes that he had written over uh, several years of pretty incredible musicianship. And I just love how he kind of stories his region with bagpipe tunes, and they're all just cracking good tunes. So, um, yeah, I definitely recommend picking it up. And as you'll hear, you know, Ian's really writing in kind of an 18th century or early 19th century style. Like it really feels like music that I'd be playing on the podcast anyway. So highly recommend people go out and get his book. There'll be a link in the description. And it's sort of nice. It's published through Lulu, which I, I always feel a little weird about. But the nice thing about it, if you're in the States, it prints in the States. So it doesn't take a long time to get it delivered. And I'm not sure if that's the same. Um, I'm not sure where all the local printers are, but uh, I know my copy came from Eau Claire, Wisconsin, rather than being shipped all the way from, um, from England. So anyway, here, let's start us off with uh, the first page of Ian's book has this tune called Hop Pole. So let's start with Hop Pole. for the next one let's do uh really really enjoyed this tune actually already posted it uh on whistle because i kind of like i have a little too much of a love affair with this b-flat whistle um going on right now as you can tell uh mostly it's too bad because it's hard to figure out how to record and still get everything i want out of it um but i wound up playing a set of a tune called saint mary's hornpipe uh, which Ian says in the book, he's not 100% sure what the St. Mary was that he was naming it after, but he thinks it might be the lighthouse in Whitley Bay, but maybe something else. Uh, and then into Peg Whistle Burn. Uh, yeah, so that's what we did on those Nate Banton border pipes.
Right, and the next tune from Ian, the last one we're going to play is Shields Bar, uh, named for kind of the sandbar where the river flows into the sea there. Um, and it's it's a good tune. At first, I thought it was a weird version of I Have a Wife of My Ain, and then the more I played it, kind of realized, like, no, it, it might work in a set with that, but there's definitely... Uh, its own unique goodness, kind of really goodness going on with this tune. So anyway, here is Shields Bar, uh, and this one I added some jaw harp to, because it was just good. this is the last tune definitely messed up playing things chronologically so this is uh, a tune from the Lytton manuscript which is huge and glorious i'm hoping that somebody here is very familiar with the Lytton manuscript and has photographed it and knows all kinds of things so they can tell me that uh good information because <laughs> it's a really interesting collection uh it kind of hits a lot of a lot of bells and whistles of things i'm interested in so the collection of fiddle tunes it's all on abc thanks to the village music project and um yeah so according to to them uh this is basically william little or Lytton rather was a fiddler on a british uh, east india fleet or British India fleet, it says, in the years 1800-1802. Uh, he's a ship's fiddler. Not known what nationality, but it's very interesting collection. And, like, I've sort of lost uh, my brain looking through it. Uh, supposedly the original is at the Martha's Vineyard Museum in Massachusetts, so I am trying to get in touch with them about if they have any more information about it, about the ships he was on. Um, but, you know, whenever you look through a musician's collection of tunes, like, it's so much better than a published thing from you know the 18th and 19th century it feels like all those published tune collections have a lot of filler uh, whereas an unpublished musician's tune book is like oh that's the tunes i played and so like i said it's we're gonna have a whole episode about this because there are some really interesting tunes in here um that's worth exploring and talking about in general. But we're going to just give you a little sneak peek of that. Another track with um, another track with Jaw Harp. So this is Woodford Ship, I guess what it's called. Yeah, the Woodford Ship. Uh, so yeah, if you know anything about the Lytton manuscript, especially if you have photos of the original, uh, I'd love to see it uh, just to get a sense of how close the ABCs are copied and to see what Lytton's penmanship and that sort of thing looks like for a future episode. Um, okay, now for real, I don't think we'll have an episode next week. 
Um, but we'll see. You never know, clearly. Um, if you want any more information from me, uh, a good place to check it out is always on the Patreon. Uh, feel free to email me and ask questions and that sort of thing, too. Uh, anyway, cheers. Be sure to uh, get some books. I'll have links to where you can look at the Neil Gowan Sons and Patrick McDonald's collections online for free, but I'll also link to the store I bought them uh, if you want to get hard copies of those things and i'll link of course to ian gelston's awesome book which i'm probably going to play a tune or two from uh, every so often so um, those are definitely not going to be tracks i can link to so if you like the four tunes i played this week it's probably worth your time to go pick it up so uh, anyway cheers thanks for listening and we're heading out on Lytton's manuscript version of the woodford ship <laughs>